Well, greetings and welcome to another edition of the podcast that we call Time in God's Word. And it is just a joy to be with you today. And this is David Carnes. And as we come back together today, we are in John's Gospel and chapter 4. And we're in that part of the text where Jesus is on a mission to a place called Samaria. And he is there to tell a Samaritan woman about eternal life. Now, some over the years have come to call this piece of scripture the woman at the well. And as we continue to look at this encounter that Jesus has with this woman, we are looking at how the text opens up what we are calling the principles of evangelism. And we are in the midst of the first principle, a principle that we are calling the gospel is for the least of these. And at this point, we are in verses 7 through 9. And you remember, if you were with us this past Monday, we saw that as Jesus was there at Jacob's well in the middle of the day, the heat of, uh, of the day, at its peak, the woman arrives to draw water. And as she arrives, Jesus speaks to her. He opens up the conversation, and he opens up the conversation by simply asking the woman for a drink of water. Now, just a reminder, but Jesus is going against all of the non-biblical traditions of the day. And what I mean is, in that time and society, a man did not speak to a woman in public. But also, with that said, we brought out the fact that at that time, a Jew would never speak to a Samaritan, much less a Samaritan woman. But then as the text eventually brings out this woman, she's also immoral, married five times. And at the time she spoke with Jesus, she was living with a man who was not her husband. And yet here is Jesus, not concerned about the traditions of man, but only concerned about biblical truth. And what I mean is only concerned about showing the love of God, only concerned about sharing the gospel, only concerned about telling someone about eternal life. And that is what we have here. Jesus speaking to someone that the Jews would see as an outcast. And so as we opened this up this past Monday, we began to see all of this. We also saw that Jesus initiated the conversation, a point that lets us know that if the gospel is going to be shared with the lost, that this is going to be a conversation that you're going to have to initiate. <laughs> That's what we discovered. You're going to have to open up that conversation. But now, as we go back into the text, we are going to just continue now with the look at the first principle of evangelism that we see in this text. And again, that is the gospel is for the least of these. And so we are in John chapter four. We are in verses seven through nine today. And if you have your Bible, take it now, open it up and follow along with me as we spend time in God's word. So many times, and hear me now, so many times, if you are going to be used by God to share the gospel with the lost, then you are going to be the one who's going to have to initiate the conversation. You're going to have to be the one who's going to have to bring up the topic. You're going to have to be the one who brings up eternal life. And again, hear me on this. But in all the years that I've been a Christian, in all the years that I've been a pastor, in all the years that I've been preaching the word of God, I don't know if anyone has actually ever come up to me and asked, 
would you please tell me how to have eternal life? I mean, if that has happened, it's been very rare. That doesn't happen a lot of times. And so, since that is usually not a question that is asked, that means you're going to have to be the one who initiates all this. You're going to have to be the one who brings it up. That's exactly, hear me, that's exactly what Jesus is doing in verse number 7. Then you look back at verse 7, you see how he initiates all this. How does he, how does he initiate it? He initiates the conversation by simply saying to the woman, give me a drink. He says, give me a drink, drink of water. Now, something here that is, again, let me say this, it's just kind of a side note. I saw this this past week as I was studying, preparing, getting ready to share this with you. But again, to start with, we see, and we spoke about this last Sunday, right here we see the humanity of Jesus, don't we? Now, Jesus, who is all God, he is also all man. And we, again, delved into this last Sunday when we brought up the fact that he was wearied. But he needs water. He needs water. He's tired. He's maybe even getting dehydrated. He needs water. And so here we have the humanity of Jesus, don't we? That's what we have. He is that sympathetic high priest, as Scripture teaches, who, although he is God, tells us what? Although he's God, he has experienced everything that you and I could ever experience. In his humanity, that is what has happened. And so as we brought it out last week, we then can, we can rejoice in the fact that we can truly go to him with our hurts. We can go to him with our struggles. And hear me now, he gets it. He understands it. He's lived it. And that's such a blessing for us. But again, we, we went into all that in depth last Sunday. But something else here Jesus asked for a drink of water. He asked for a drink of water. Now note this. There is never a time, never a time in Scripture where we see Jesus working a miracle in order to meet His own needs. I mean, right here, I mean, Jesus, who works miracles, could have simply, without asking this lady for anything, could have just said, all right, I need some water. Here's my cup of water. I mean, the one who when 5,000 needed food and there was, there was food, bread and fish, he could have said, I need water. Here it is. But he didn't do that. And understand this. No time in Scripture do we ever, do we ever see Jesus performing a miracle, working a miracle, so that he could meet one of his own needs. Now, understand there's a reason for this. And again, this is just a side note in all this. I bring this out, but there's a reason for this. And that is, Jesus, Jesus valued work. Jesus valued people caring about other people. Jesus valued you working for your food and your water and your shelter and your clothing. Jesus values you when you see someone who needs a drink to give them a drink. And this is why we see Jesus just not snapping his fingers every time he had a need or any time he had a need and saying, oh, I can just whip this up. No, he's stressing things even at times like this. He values work. He values the caring of other people, caring for other people. 
This is what we see here. But now with that said, again, Jesus initiating the conversation, asking this woman for water. But now at this point, it's time, I think, to ask a question. Let's ask a question. Maybe you've been wanting to ask this question as Jesus sits there all alone, waiting for this woman. Have you been sitting there last Sunday and even this Sunday asking, where are his disciples? Have you wanted to ask that question? Where are his disciples? I mean, up until this point, Jesus now, he's been accumulating disciples. Now, we ask then, where are they? And why aren't they there? Well, the answer, you just keep reading the scripture. Look at verse number eight. In verse number eight, it says this, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. It's that simple. There's your answer. The disciples, they had gone off to, I'm thinking maybe Sakar because Sakar is mentioned earlier on in the text. Um, it's mentioned in verse 5. The well would have been outside of Sakar, some distance. So the disciples weren't there because Jesus told them to do what? I want you to go and I want you to buy food. Now, let me just continue to look at this for a moment, this idea that, okay, they've gone off and they're buying food. And as we continue to address this, I think we have to ask the question, and that is, so how many disciples does it take to go buy food? Because again, up until this point, I think he has, he has accumulated more than just a handful of disciples. So how many does it really take, Jesus, to go off and to buy food? Well, here's what we need to see, and that is, first of all, the reason he sent them all away was he wanted to be all alone with this woman. All alone. This was to be a conversation where there were no distractions. And he wanted it to be just him and her. I think that's what we see here. Jesus sends all of his disciples into town. But then there's a second thing here, and that is Jesus sent his, and, and pick up on this now. Jesus sent his disciples where? He sent his disciples into a Samaritan village. To do what? To purchase Food from Samaritans. Food that had been prepared by who? Samaritans. Now, again, this is going way over the line for any Jew. You're not doing this. Remember, the Samaritans despised by the Jews, right? And yet here is Jesus sending his disciples into a Samaritan village to purchase food from Samaritans, prepared by Samaritans, handing over their money to Samaritans, assisting with the Samaritan economy. That is what they are doing right here. But again, we just asked the question, but who did Jesus come for? Who is the gospel for? Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. That's what it tells me in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. The gospel is to be taken to the entire world. That's what it tells me in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And understand, but a lesson for the disciples of Jesus here, right? And I wouldn't be surprised if some of, some of them had an issue being in Samaria. I mean, they're early on in their walk with Jesus. They're still learning. And so I wouldn't be surprised if some of them had an issue with just being there, much less Jesus saying, now I want you to go and buy some food from these people, and I want you to get some food that was prepared by them. And I, I'm thinking that some of his disciples still having an issue with this, but they do it anyway. But again, 
Jesus, and remember this, Jesus is not concerned with what? He is not concerned with non-biblical traditions concocted by man. He is solely concerned about biblical truth, living out the principles of biblical truth. And again, what are some of those principles? How about just loving people? and caring for others, and seeing that all people, even the outcasts of society, hear the truth about eternal life. But that's what's said. But then we move on. And as we move on, now we get to the last verse that we're going to look at. I want you to look at verse number 9. And as we look at verse number 9, the Samaritan woman said to him, now watch this, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me? a woman of Samaria. And then if you keep on reading, John just adds a note here so we don't miss this. But John then writes in here, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Just so we understand. Now this woman, I I would think, when Jesus spoke to her, do you think she was shocked? I think she was shocked. Now for a couple of reasons. First of all, here's this man speaking to her in public. Again, something that was never done. You don't do that. But then the most overwhelming thing here, and that is she makes the statement, why would you, a Jew, speak to me and much less ask for me, from me, a drink of water? Why would you do that? By the way, we we might want to ask, so why did she know, or let me ask it this way, how did she know that Jesus was Jewish? How did she know this? Well, the answer would be, and you, you read and you study on this and you go back even in Scripture and you find more than likely it was because of the way Jesus was dressed. I say that because of what's written in the Old Testament book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 15, where God instructed Moses as to how the people of Israel were to dress. And specifically, we are told that they were to wear tassels on the corners of their garments and to put a cord of blue on the tassel of each corner. And this was for all Jewish people And this was for all throughout generations to be done. By the way, the tassels, they were there as a reminder of the commandments of the Lord. That's what they were about. And so this type of attire would mark a person out as Jewish. Now this is interesting because, please understand, Jesus is not like so many pictures that we see painted of Him with a glow around His head and a a halo over His head and and all of this stuff. He just he was just like all the others, looking like all the others. Human, man. But Jesus dressed as any Jew would dress, and the woman sees this, and she is able to tell that this is a man who is a Jew. This is a Jewish man. But now with that said, just one more item here. But we know that at this point, again, this woman, she is shocked. Here is a man, a Jewish man at this point, speaking to her in public. A Jewish man that if cultural norms were followed would not be in Samaria, much less speaking to her, much less asking for her to give him a drink of water. And again, with that said, we look then at the last sentence then, if you'll do this, verse 9, this statement that John adds with emphasis, and that's what this is. But again, you look at it and the text says, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now, I bring this out because of one word that we see here. It's an interesting word. You study it. It's very interesting. The word dealings. Do you have that in your Bible? The word dealings? In the Greek text, that word means to share. That's what it means. And literally what the woman is saying here is, why do you ask me for a drink of water? You know that Jews and Samaritans don't share anything. Why am I, why, 
why am I not even supposed to, I'm not even supposed to share a, a cup with you that I can give you a drink of water with. I'm not supposed to do that. In other words, we don't drink out of the same cup. Literally, in the Greek text, it says, we don't share utensils. <laughs> That's what it says. And really what she's saying here is, I know your culture, I know your people, and I know exactly what you think about me and my people. You hate us so badly that you would not even drink from the same cup as us, is what she's saying. And understand, but I bring this out because again, Jesus, he's not about what? He's not about biblical, non-biblical traditions. He's not about non-biblical traditions. These man-made, concocted traditions. But he is all concerned about biblical truths. Again, loving one another, sharing the gospel with the world. That was Jesus. And I want you to understand this. But Jesus is there in Samaria a place that the Jews would never set foot in. There is Jesus among a people that the Jews would never speak to. Again, much less drink after. And there was Jesus. As we, by the way, walk through this text, he is with a Samaritan woman who is more than likely, again, an adulteress, living with a man she was not married to, been married five times, who was shunned by her village. She's an outcast. And yet here is Jesus on a mission. And that mission is to tell this woman about eternal life, about forgiveness, about the love of God, about a relationship that she can have with God that never ends when someone simply comes to Messiah. And this is what we have here. Jesus doing what? He is going to the least of these. He is going to the least of these to share about eternal life. But again, this all tells us that the gospel, again, is for the least of these. That's what it tells us. Not just the morally superior, not just the financially elite, or the ones with tremendous education, but the gospel is for the entire world to hear. Now, what a wonderful beginning to the narrative that we have from John chapter 4. Jesus there to share the gospel with this woman that society would like to shun and dismiss as not valuable or important. And yet Jesus is there to share with her about eternal life. And let me say, but there will be times that you are confronted with someone that maybe society would like to dismiss. And yet God places that person right in your midst and says, okay, now share, tell, let this person know about my son Jesus. That person, by the way, might be someone that is financially poor, might be someone that is homeless, might be someone that has lived an immoral life. That person might be someone that just isn't like you. But just remember, everyone has value in the eyes of God, and God desires for all to hear about the eternal life that he offers. And God, remember this now, God is calling on you to tell about his son, Jesus. And so here we have again the principle of evangelism, the first principle that we look at, and that is the gospel is for the least of these. Such an important point. But there is more for us to look at, and I look forward to continuing this study, the conversation between Jesus and the Samaritan woman, and this look into the principles of evangelism. And we'll continue next time as we spend time 
in God's Word. 